What do the people want? That should be the question of every election. What do the people want? Do I want to represent the people and their wants? And will, once and if elected, keep the promises to the people? That should be the question in every election. I think that was the question in this election, but only one side actually answered that question and that side actually won. That's just my view. On this edition of Digital Reports, we reflect on the recent gubernatorial elections, particularly the one in Virginia. A shock upset for Democrats. We analyze what that means. And we talk about particularly a policy initiative in Minnesota, George Floyd's Minneapolis, rather, and how that fell abysmally and what that means when the ruling class wants something different than what the people wants. That is what we're talking about in this edition of Jay Shakur reports. For the most part, the results are in. Glenn Youngkin has won the governor's mansion against Terry McAuliffe, Republican Glenn Youngkin, a state where a Republican has not won statewide office in 12 years since 2009. The first black lieutenant governor of Virginia. The first woman lieutenant governor of Virginia. Winsome Sears has been elected with a Republican AG and Republicans taking every statewide office in Virginia and on the brink if and when the numbers are finalized and it's officially called of taking control of the Virginia House of Delegates. That all is encompassed within this thing that many are deeming and calling a woke lash. What does that mean? What? What do we mean when we say a woke lash? Is it just another crazy exaggeration? What are people saying and what do they mean when they say this was a woke lash? You have many in the liberal media, MSNBC, CNN saying, hey, this was a white lash and this is the Trumpian insurrectionist who voted. The typical talking points. But I want to look at something. I asked this a question in general, as there was not only an election in Virginia, but also an election 
and elections in, 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 in Minneapolis, in New Jersey, New York, and other parts of the country. I asked, will white liberalism and its obsessive appeal and obsession with race, will it work? Will the black vote be courted through that obsession? It appears it didn't, not necessarily. It did not. As a lot of black voters doubted Glenn, I mean, doubted Terry McAuliffe. Some steered towards him. Hispanics overwhelmingly supported Glenn Youngkin. And it appears, as many are saying, that the race card is dead. That may be true. Who knows? It appears to be that way. But deeper than that, more succinct and more potent than that, is what voters say, what the people want versus what the elites, the elected officials, who are too often out of touch with those they claim to represent. It's what the voters of the people are saying. I want to take you on a journey, not really looking at the, not focusing in, as I focused in on that already, but not really focusing in on the Virginia gubernatorial race. I think that's pretty much said and done. And it's an upset. It's a political upset. Like I said, a Republican has not won statewide office in that state for a, over a decade for, since 2009. But beyond that political upset, I think there's something un, uh, undercurrent that is going unreported and untalked about in the mainstream. And that happens to be in George Floyd's Minneapolis. As reported by Breitbart News, George Floyd's Minneapolis votes no to abolish police despite Ilan Omar's support. Let's look at this story. The far left progressives of Minneapolis suffered a major defeat on Tuesday when the city overwhelmingly voted no on a measure that would abolish the police department, a measure that Rep. Elon Omar, Democrat from Minnesota, supported. With 130 of 136 precincts reporting, the voters of Minneapolis voted against question two by 57%. That's, six, that's, 600, that's 67,820 votes versus 59,196 votes in favor, aiming to the to be the most extreme anti-police measure to pass in the United States. The amendment would have had the city charter, quote, remove the Minneapolis Police Department and replace it with the Department of Public Safety. According to Fox 9, the amendment would also have eliminated the position of police chief as well as the minimum police staffing requirement. According to the ballot, ba Ballotpedia, the Department of Public Safety, DPS, would have dramatically altered law enforcement. The Minneapolis, in, in Minneapolis, removing the police department's minimum funding requirement in a city that has seen a 286, not 206, not, not 2.86, a 286% increase in carjackings since 2020. Though the Democrat Mayor Jacob Fry opposed the measure, it received enthusiastic support from none other than squad member Rep. Ilhan Omar and Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. Pop star Lizzo 
even endorse the measure. And you can see them endorsing it. Endorsing it. The yes for Minneapolis campaign received up to 2.97 million in donations, including 650,000 from the George Soros Open Society Policy Center. Conversely, all Minneapolis, the PAC opposed to the measure received just 1.59 million. Well, Governor Tim Waltz and U.S. Senator M. Klobuchar publicly opposed the measure as the vote loomed closer. They refused to openly campaign against it, according to the Star Tribune. It's when the elites, it's when politicians who are out of touch really with their constituents want something, support things that actually end up not being supported by the people. And that hurts. Hear me. That hurts the people you claim to care about to elect and to represent. Defund the police was birthed out of the fervor and riots of 2020 and the push of Black Lives Matter in their quest to go after what they thought or what they believe is social justice. But citizens and residents in the community of Minneapolis see that differently. And I want to bring this full circle, honing in on the theme of how elites, particularly coastal elites, particularly these white liberal type elites who attempted to 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 use race to manipulate the black vote to get out McCullough in the Virginia race. I'm pretty sure they did it in New Jersey as well. This is about that. This is about how that thinking actually hurts and its real impact on real people. No one likes to talk about. Yes, we have Black Lives Matter in our bios and we hashtag it and we got t-shirts and all of that. But the question that must be asked and answered, where does the millions upon millions of dollars that Black Lives Matter Inc., Black Lives Matter Incorporated, where does all that money that they raise, where does it go? Who does it help? What are they doing when it's not an election year and there's no tangible evidence or a police shooting or killing that they can latch on to? Where is it? In Minneapolis, where this measure failed, this basically a deconstructing of the of the of the current police department, in Minneapolis, where this measure failed by fifty seven percent of the vote, residents are speaking out. Let's look at this story: Minnesota Black Lives Matter Inc. raised over thirty million, but none of it, none of it, they raised over thirty million dollars, but none of it has surfaced in the black community. Residents claim Black Lives Matter, Inc., Minneapolis Shakedown. Minnesotans highlight the alleged tragic fleecing and exploitation of the death of George Floyd, leaving the black community economically decimated. Let's look at this briefly, and then let's get into this with this documentary. There's a mini documentary that, that really is honing in and reporting. And black people, it's not, it's not some white people making this documentary. Black people speaking up and speaking out. Open this, this piece saying for nearly seven months, much of the, the news cycle last year was dominated by riots, looting and vandalism in almost every major city and town in the United States. As a viewer, I saw major city streets, police precincts and even churches burn. 
I witnessed a police officer who was black, by the way, bleed out on a Minnesota sidewalk on Facebook Live. His name was David Dorn. I saw violence, vengeance, and the vitriol of hate foment in many of the inner cities and outer suburbs of America. Much of this can be attributed to the constant lies preached by the mainstream media. While black communities were aflame, those in the mainstream without relenting referred to these violent and heart-wrenching happenings as simply peaceful protests or mostly peaceful protests. They said it so directly and so seriously that if you only watched and trusted the daily news without question and nothing else, it could have been quite persuasive and for some actually believable. Seeing the destruction, I became enraged. How are we still here? It is 2020, nearly 70 years after the civil rights movement, and we are still rioting and looting. What benefit does what benefit does destroying much of our own communities serve? What laws or policies will looting a target store change? In my anger and confusion and questioning, I realized that my thinking, although unpopular, may be too logical and too moral. However, the questions though wildly frowned upon by the mainstream were important and needed solid answers. How could thousands of even millions of people be manipulated into violent behavior over the unfortunate death of a lifelong criminal? What really bothered me was not so much the, predict the predictable narrative of wokeism, but how true issues that affect the black community were being ignored as the mainstream pursued the more advantageous narrative of black oppression and victimhood. This thinking was driven home recently in a short documentary entitled Black Lives Inc. Minneapolis shakedown. I linked to it in the article. I, I, I suggest you all go to jshakur.substack.com and look at it. The article goes on to say Minneapolis black Minneapolis black community leaders spoke out recently in a video concerning the fraud perpetuated by the Black Lives Matter BLM leaders in their communities. After Black Lives Matter and their other militia group allies destroyed the Minneapolis business community and residential areas in the infamous 2020 riots, the local black leaders were led to believe that BLM would invest the millions they raised into the black community. This was not the case. It is estimated that the riots, of which roughly 90% were caused by BLM, precipitated by Black Lives Matter, caused by BLM, precipitated by Black Lives Matter, 90%, $1 billion, it caused $1 billion in damages in cities across America. In Minneapolis alone, these mobs damaged or destroyed over 1,500 businesses or buildings and injured over 700 police officers. These riots resulted in the most expensive property damage in U.S. history and since the destruction of BLM. And since the destruction of BLM has done nothing to invest in any of the communities harmed. I ask the question, and I may get flack for it, but as, as a reporter, I ask simply, why? A simple question is, what do you do with the money, Black Lives Matter? That's, that, that, I think, is a simple, reasonable question. It's not accusing you of anything. It's not saying you're doing anything. But what are you doing with the money? If you don't answer that question, or if that question is never asked them by and through and of the mainstream, then when Patrice Kohler's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter shows up and does and, and it's revealed that she's done she's been doing a, a real estate buying spree, people begin to insinuate and assume things. Transparency should all if you're doing the right thing, transparency should always be the best policy. This organization, 
Black Lives Matter, not simply a hashtag or shirt, profited millions of dollars, of which there's no evidence, as I've mentioned, any of it is going back into, into inner city communities. Hence the organization hemorrhaging support. And the many documentary Minneapolis community leaders assert that such fraud is a key. It is a key to implementing what they call gentrification, a process in which blacks are displaced. This is done by killing businesses and driving real estate values down to pennies on the dollar for developers and corporations. I wanted to be clear. What is not talked about a lot is how a lot of these riots, historically riots have done this, but how particularly the 2020 riots will and are causing what, what is known as gentrification. This will then cause, as, as I mentioned in the article, property values to go down and go down just enough where regular people can't afford it, but corporations can come in and scoop it up for pennies on the dollar compared to their valuations and their money and their resources. And then go in and take what was Mama Susie's shop and turn it into a Whole Foods. Displacing entire communities. And it doesn't just happen to black people. But if you care about black lives, you wouldn't in the name of black lives burn down black communities. With the behest and the cheering on of white liberals, by the way. The Black Lives Matter movement up here for us has been a matter of cosmetizing the corpse to camouflage the curse. Reverend Jerry McAfee, pastor of New Salem Missionary Baptist Church, maintained in the documentary. In my estimation, they've caused just as much harm as some would think that they've done good. Reverend McPhee goes on to make a profound and often overlooked point about the reality of the current moment. If you listen to the Black Lives Matter, if you listen to Black Lives Matter, they'll make you think that the police is the number one issue in the community, he said. But if you take away the police, if you take away the police issue, we still got poverty. We still got death. We still got suicide and we still got drugs. What am I saying? It appears wokeism, being woke, this race identity politics is not only overlooking palpable, real, palpable, authentic problems within the black community, i.e. drugs, i.e. suicide, i.e. homelessness, i.e. father absence, i.e. poverty. It's not it's overlooking those issues for this pursuit of a narrative of race and division. And it's not only, it's not only overlooking those issues, it's causing more issues within our inner cities. So. It appears that people are asking for the alternative and the alternative in this case seems to be to many voters, white and black. The GOP. To me, that sounds crazy, but it appears to be the G O P. I may be wrong. It may not be the G O P. But. Who knows? I saw this interesting take. From someone on Twitter, she says G O P should not make the mistake of believing People are voting for the Republican Party. This is an interesting take. I'm only reporting her take. She says the GOP should not make the mistake, the mistake believing that people are voting for the Republican Party. People are voting against insanity. The bar is low. Don't be crazy. 
Can you guys maybe raise it a little bit going into 2022? I think to a certain extent, real Kyra or Kira, I'm probably mispronouncing her first name. Davis is correct in that. I, 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 I think she's correct in that. People said, particularly in Virginia, which is looked at as the bellwether state and in Minnesota. They said, we're going to vote against crazy. I don't like this other option in Republicans, but they are not they're, they They at least are not as radical as far left as the party that I'm probably loyal to that I like that I even prefer. That's what voters, I think, said in this election. And I think if we don't pay attention to that as a takeaway. And if people don't listen to that as a takeaway. Particularly as it as it concerns policy initiatives that the people voted for or against. In this case of Minnesota, they voted against the, the ballot initiative to take away the police department. Because that was never anything that the people, real people wanted, nor was it ever anything black people wanted. It was ginned up by white liberals and pushed by radical black leftists. A woke clash, a woke clash. Maybe perhaps Black Lives Matter being questioned about all the money will create an even bigger one. Who knows? Who knows? I would love your thoughts on this this topic, your thoughts on this this particular topic, what it means. Am I am I missing the mark? Do you think I'm off? Do you think the two are, is the police and the Virginia and the woke clash and the Black Lives Matter money is that uh, you know unconnected or unrelated? What do you guys think? I'm interested in what you guys think. Interested in your thoughts on this topic. Again, thank guys for listening. Thank guys for tuning in. Share, like, tell others about this podcast. Tell others about this YouTube channel. We're on Rumble as well. Share, like, tell others. That's the key. Word of mouth is always and will forever be the best advertisement for me as we attempt to grow, as we attempt to give you the news, the the unreported, misreported, and sometimes unreported. The under, miss, and under, I'm going to get it right. Underreported, misreported, and unreported. Underreported. Unreported and misreported as we attempt to give you the underreported, unreported and misreported news. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Thank you for listening to Chase Core Reports. Yeah.